0: The new console generation is still in its early days, and people are struggling to find the PS5, but Sony is preparing to kill off a chunk of its past. Some digital-only releases will vanish forever, and some retro games will become much harder to track down. I'm CNET staff reporter Sean Keane, and this is your Daily Charge. In case you're wondering, I'm filling in for Roger Cheng. Joining me to talk about old games disappearing into the digital ether is Seen at Editor-at-Large, Scott Steen, who I know has a soft spot for the PS Vita. Scott, welcome. Hey, thank you, Sean. Uh, I do like the PS Vita. It is a pretty sweet piece of technology. But this isn't the first time consoles' digital stores have closed. The Wii Shop Channel ceased to be in 2019. But these closures always
1: make me a little sad. Should I just get over it and play new stuff, Scott? Uh, I feel like, no, you shouldn't get over it. You should You should stay upset. It, it creates a really awkward relationship that I have with, with digital life and I think about this all the time. I haven't resolved it for myself because I think about uh, giving up DVDs and buying things you know, to stream or to own, I say like in quotes, you know, for, through, a diff- through a store, Kindle books, um, you know, video games being, being a prime example. It's this weird reminder of the lasting power of, of items. And we've been dealing with those for a lot longer than this. Like you said, stores, servers, also multiplayer games where servers shut down and suddenly the game you had is no longer really playable. Was it a, was it essentially a rental? Was it a license for a period of time? I think it just brings you face to face with like the permanence of, of content.
0: Right, yeah. Like I I'm inclined to imbue physical games and consoles with sort of totemic qualities and they become nostalgic and I keep them forever and ever. Now, eventually they will all crumble to dust uh, with the sands of time. But I still think having the physical item, it'll last longer and it gives me more control over that product that i bought than like a digital license that can just expire or like sony or microsoft or nintendo can just click their fingers and it's gone and that i don't appreciate that
1: yeah and i look now to my side at all of the like nintendo ds and 3ds games i have sitting in a tin or the vita games i have that are physical um and they're inevitably ones that i purchased digitally for convenience or because they were uh, you know they were there for me um and uh yeah I agree and, and nothing really lasts forever, but it is a reminder that if you want to get these games, look for the physical version you know think about it for for long term um archiving. That being said, so much of my recent content has been digital in a whole variety of ways, but then I also think about like the weird thing of repurchasing stuff where suddenly we're getting um all these games in a retro box that connects to your t v or you're thinking about um you know reissuings or remasters and and we, we we see that all the time too. Um, the Nintendo One bothers me even more, you know, the the, the Super Mario 3D All Stars, because it is the forced scarcity of this game going away, very much than the the, uh, the Disney Vault approach. And it's weird because like there's the Disney Vault approach, yet modern Disney is a Disney Plus of this infinity of content. And so I think like for Nintendo, it would be much better to approach that philosophy you know i keep waiting for them to become nintendo plus and open up the vaults to things as opposed to having this long-awaited mario 64 super mario sunshine having those then disappear into the background that being said you can still get the game in physical form i saw it available in stores and for as long as they're out there so it's you know it's not like that seemingly wasn't closed up well it's interesting you say that Uh, the the disney vault of nintendo or their
0: Nintendo's Disney Vault equivalent, uh, because with Nintendo Switch Online, their subscription service, you get a bunch of uh SNES and uh NES games, like as part of that. Uh, but if you your subscription lapses, then you lose access. It's kind of like the streaming service. But those Mario games that were in that collection are aren't there. And I wonder if they'll be added at a future date. Like they've They have
1: created this artificial scarcity around this one item so they can bring it back to us again. I got to think that like for N64 games, stuff like that is so overdue at at the least. Uh, It still amazes me how few Super NES games are on the subscription service. Even ones that were on the Super NES Classic are still not on the subscription service. So it's really frustrating because the decisions seem really arbitrary. And then that's another problem, like you said, is that you get to the point where these subscriptions feel like lifelines that you can't cut off. And as they pile up, you end up with more subscriptions. Like I felt like I was drowning in subscriptions two years ago. Uh, now even more so, and you can justify it as like, oh, you know, I've life's been tough. I haven't been making those trips. I had been do, you know, I I owe this to myself. But then if you get rid of it, then you lose all your stuff, and. So now suddenly everything you have is tied to some sort of like protection fee, you know that you you have to keep paying into, and that's that's really distressing. I don't know how long the center can hold with that either.
0: Right? Yeah, I feel like the best approach is to like activate and deactivate subscription services and have no emotional attachment whatsoever. Like, okay, this month I'll have HBO Max, or this month I'll have Netflix, or so on and so forth, but. That takes discipline and like a a very deep awareness of what what
1: you're subscribing to at all times, which I certainly don't have. Yeah. And then you lose memory, too, in the sense of, um, you know, will the services know where you were when you come back and reactivate, um, you know, archives of like what you've been watching or game progress or anything like that. Um, Sometimes those things seem like they might be preserved in some services, other times not. And it's, it's that more, it's that, you know, like I'm having this, like, this time in my life, I'm feeling very fragmented and unmoored from like, a lot of things. And I feel like it's, it's probably natural to feel that way, because a lot of their content is, is pushing us in that direction. Every time I want to watch something, it's a matter of where's it playing? Or where's it not playing? Like, there are so many, there are a surprising number of movies that still exist, that you can't even buy digitally, that have just moved into like, and the black hole. Um, Like strange days is is a good example of one. Or, um, you know, in video games, that's definitely the case where you end up with these like lost games that you're waiting for a re-release on that seemingly nobody has. Lately, it's like very hard to find Miss Pac-Man. Like I I found that it's not on the Switch, and where where, when will it emerge? Like you have to basically look for another version to play. It's just very weird times. Right. If, like, a publisher
0: doesn't want you to have something, it's very easy for them to take it away now. Um, that That's a good point. Like, it, the, the control still lies with the companies in a big way in this system, and it's it can be frustrating. It is also worth highlighting that with the PlayStation Network digital stores shutting down, you'll still have access to the stuff you've already purchased, so like they're not just they're not just like hitting a switch and it's all
1: gone, but it feels like that could be a step somewhere down the line, <laughs> right? That's the thing that it's comforting in a sense to say, okay, whew, thank God I can re-download these games and they're available, but that's still on the, on the whim of the company making that available and. You, you're, you're still, you're hanging on by a thread saying like, please allow us to do that. And there are devices like, I mean, Pebble watches when, when um you know, Pebble, you know, you suddenly found that you, the device wasn't no longer going to work. And then you had a whole bunch of, you had a whole movement of people, um you know, building their own uh, hacked, you know, hacker project to kind of get like Pebble back on its feet, uh, the smartwatch. You know, I think you have these devices that go dead and you want to rehabilitate them. And I think you know there are those concerns like what do you do when the games maybe are no longer available down the road um it becomes the the physical device but at some point you know the physical cartridges make or discs may completely go away we keep creeping closer to that you know with the recent the recent generation game consoles do have disc and no disc versions uh they weren't able to pull that switch completely and go disc free but you know iPads, iPhones, um, classic—you know—Android phones. Classic example of everything's in the cloud; everything's downloaded. You were beholden to when apps may suddenly not be available or uh, may not be supported on the most recent version, um, and you kind of end up with these—you know—beached games and apps all the time that suddenly disappear and they have to then be um, considered. And and you know their their are, there are efforts to kind of. Restore them, and you know maybe Apple Arcade reissues them, or maybe they don't. And um, so it's it's that's super weird already. And there's often some sort of
0: authentication element to newer games, like where you'll need the latest update to play it, or in the case of Nintendo Switch Online, I think that has to check in once a week yeah. to make to keep you access to
1: give you continued access to your games. Again, control. With the companies. Yeah. And the current games that we have versus the classic games are a lot harder to do that with, I feel, because, you know, those classic games were pretty basic. Maybe they had save progress, maybe they didn't. And it was kind of just you just play them as they are. But the more customization, the more um things you've poured into your game, whether it's a DLC or, you know, B Bucks or um, all the weird progress that your metaverses that you're you're living in with these things that's another interesting question, like games as metaverses now, your robloxes and minecrafts and fortnites like you know what the heck happens there you know like if you fast forward five ten years what what is the archived experience of that is there is it possible to even have one? will you know seasons restart things change all the time maybe it's like Perpetually ephemeral, um but I don't know what it means to look back on having played those games, yeah, uh,
0: with minecraft, like I think because Microsoft owns that now, they will their servers for that will go on also that's like the top selling game of all time, so yeah. it's fine minecraft is I guess isn't too much to worry about, but Microsoft on this front are actually doing kind of good work with like older games they put just put um some Xbox and Xbox 360 games on their cloud gaming platform so you can play them on your phone. Um, so I feel like and the time was interesting, but the same week they did that this week uh, is when Sony said those old PSN stores were shut down. It's like, don't worry guys, we've still got your classic games. Uh, and presumably Microsoft just has the resources to keep this stuff going.
1: But then, like, my son was playing Minecraft at one point, coming back to it, and he had the thought of, like, things have changed a lot, and he wanted to, he missed the Minecraft version that used to exist. And that's the thing, is, how do you get back to that? Or, like, you know, Fortnite starts a new season, but, you know, you kind of, like, he talks about missing the season that used to be and feeling a little nostalgic for it. It becomes more like sports seasons or things like that, you know, where it's like, oh, I missed the, I missed the, 2011 new york jets like nobody misses the 2011 new york jets but like um but you know you're like how do i get back there and you're like but that was the past like there is no really getting back there i think that the current live gaming stuff is a little bit like that or it's like theater you know like you remember a performance that happened that gets really weird for like again the 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 idea of a future of preserving games is anyone preserving old Fortnite seasons like can you how do we remember it? How do other, I guess there are streams, but like, you know, really, I think there's, there's going to be a lot more of that coming with VR and other stuff like AR. There's stuff that's going to feel like the idea of having a cartridge that played it or a disc is going to feel very quaint compared to the open-ended stuff that's going to come that is not even contained in any beginning or end.
0: Right. Yeah. And to be fair, like those games are, Incredible, like they're on a whole other level to older stuff. Uh, but it is definitely important that the past not vanish. Do you can you think of any ways that like companies could
1: preserve old games? Well, it would be really great if companies committed to. I think about like Criterion, you know, like the Criterion Collection or stuff like that. You have like with films, there there, there are real efforts to like preserve to make sure you put out editions and say like we got to archive, we got to do this, and I think like. Gaming needs to have those efforts even more so. Companies need to take it upon themselves to issue physical versions or to say, we're going to have the stuff preserved for themselves and for everyone else. And it's like, the more we get, I'm laughing because it's like, it seems endless. The more now that we silo stuff into these like company archives, you know, the, the Disney Plus, the Paramount Plus, the Nintendo, the whatever, you know, Sony, everyone's reclaiming their stuff into like the into their little cloud archives and that feels like stuff is leaving our hands and then it needs to have a commitment to preserve otherwise like even stuff on Netflix I wonder like you know for all these shows that are infinitely piling into Netflix like how do we see them? in decades to come like they're not making are they making like disc versions of all these things like are they doing like where are they going like will will we find that some of them just kind of disappear if we assume netflix continues forever but like you think about all the streaming services out there and all the content it feels like a lot of stuff falls through the cracks that's an interesting point i've with star
0: wars in particular i always buy the physical version. It's, it's kind of part of the Star Wars experience. Like, I, I see it in theaters. It comes out, like, on, on Blu-ray at this point, 4K. Um, and I buy it. And it's just part of that whole Star Wars fandom experience. And that's not happening with The Mandalorian uh, or the future shows. And that makes me sad. If they put out a 4K Blu-ray of The Mandalorian, I'd buy it. And that that probably makes me
1: a sucker on some level, but at least I would feel a sense of ownership over it. I'd hope they would do that, at least for, for that. That seems like a logical path. You're you're totally right. And I think about all the other stuff, like some of it may, you know, there's like the TV shows you don't remember that used to be on. Like, this this happens with stuff throughout, throughout history. Um, I feel like there's stuff that we're going to think about that will feel like a dream. You'll say, like, do you remember this show or this thing? And like, it, I was watching it and like, what happened to it? And you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, it's going to feel like a, like a, you know, where your reality had, had bent. Um, Cause there's too much of it. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I don't know where the archiving happens and I don't know what each different group's responsibility is for doing that. And God, you could extend that to everything. Like everything we do digitally, everything we live on. I just worry about a, a massive Swiss cheesed future where like so much stuff is gone. Cause like, you know, the soon you, the moment you live with the cloud service and then all of a sudden you hear that cloud service is being discontinued or like this thing's happening. Google's changing its storage tiers. You know, suddenly that's not infinite anymore. And you know, your, your office is you know changing this or you're doing this. And so I think the, these issues we keep wrestling with, we're just hitting them in a different way with games and movies, but it's kind of like an existential bigger problem that we've got. I wasn't nearly as stressed about this when we started this conversation. Now I am. And I'm sorry, I've been really stressed about this for the past like year in pandemic. I didn't mean to make you stressed, but you can take a breath and saying like, life is all fragmentary, it'll be okay.
0: Right, and we are, can still have these experiences and look back on them fondly. It's just maybe hard to
1: share it with people and with future generations, potentially. Yeah, and I think like I think about people I know who really cher- cherish stuff and you know, it brings a little value to collecting things. Like, you know, yeah, it's not crazy to collect some things that you care about because you have that book, you have that you know, Blu-ray really nicely like some Criterion edition, you have some physical run of games. It is nice because then things go away, things go out of print, and then you go, "Oh, it's nice I got that." And those things don't last forever either, but like you do what you can.
0: This was incredible. I could talk for hours about this stuff, but ultimately, we have to contend with the fact that, like many of the games we love and the media
1: experiences, I guess, are basically just like tears in the rain. They're going to be gone, and we can we can rant now to the companies and say like we get we get really pissed about this, and it's it doesn't feel okay. And even though games systems are old. Um, figuring out how to deal with with people over the long term and care for them or transfer it to something like a like a like an archive so you don't have the, the servers like needs to be figured out so companies game companies figure this out right yeah please do well look thank you
0: for reminiscing with me scott you can check out his incredible gaming coverage and vr coverage and all kinds of everything on cnet.com if you have any questions give us a shout on twitter at the daily Charge and sign up for direct text messages from Roger by heading to cnet.com thedailycharge The Daily Charge. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate the podcast. For The Daily Charge, I've been Sean Keane. Thanks for listening.